Hello, everybody. This is Manoli here with Manoli's Musings. I have a special guest, Craig Bordeaux. He's We met online through a mutual friend, a friend of a friend. He's a great guy. I'm happy he's coming on to the show to get to talk to you. How are you doing, Craig? Doing great, Manoli. How are you? I'm all right. I'm just trying to make it through a day. Every day, man. Every day is a gift. Every day is a struggle. But what, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, where you're from, what you do? Yeah. Um... So right now I'm, I work as like a, a, either a stand-in or like a background actor, uh, primarily on uh, the TV show Cobra Kai. Um, I started out doing, I guess I, I had graduated from high school. I was going to go into engineering at Georgia Tech. I uh, did a couple years there and then I failed out, you know, wasn't sure what I was going to do with life. And I was in Atlanta, Georgia. And that's where the film industry started booming up. So I decided to try my hand at that. And I've been doing some background work and transitioning into, I don't know, maybe possibly doing acting work full time. But I mean, that takes a lot of schooling. So not schooling, but like training. Right, of course. So so what what particularly captured your interest with the show phase of the film industry? Be more specific. Um, I think it was essentially every day is a different day. You mm-hmm. never know what to expect. I mean, if you're the guy who one of the showrunners and you write out everything, you know it's going to happen every day. But if you're showing up just prepared to either stand in or just to be background for some reason, you never know whether one day you're going to be like, you know, attending a, a sports game and seeing some actors or whatnot playing sports or you know you're you're going to be at in the middle of the jungle i don't know they did jungle cruise here for some reason or you could be on, on a marvel set so there's uh, a lot of sky's the limit huh i don't know so it's just random like you, you show up one day and you're doing one thing and you show up another day you do another thing whereas if you're just, i don't know working like a normal desk job you show up same thing day in day out for what 20, 30, 40 years of your life. No, mm-hmm. that's not for me. So I kind of like the spontaneity of everything. Very, very nice. Now, how did you get how did you get onto Cobra Kai? How did that come about? Um, that, that was very I, I think to, to start out with uh, this was 2017. It was I first started seeing the posts, I think end of September. Um, I just come back from a, I'd been doing a road trip around the United States with a, a friends, flew out to Billings, Montana, where he lived. And we started, went down the coast and went all the way around back to Billings. It was kind of cool. Uh, when we got back, um, I just saw, started seeing these posts for Cobra Kai. It was being filmed through, uh, Marinella Hume which was an extras casting company in, here in Georgia. And I noticed that one of my friends had been trying to, I guess it was his first gig as a casting assistant for Mar- Marinella. And he was looking for students for, for a dojo scene for some karate show. We, we didn't know what it was at the time. So I, I noticed you know, he, he, was, he sort of reached out like, hey, I need help like filling this spot. And I was like, okay. Um, you know, sign me up. I'm down for it. I'll help you out. And then ended up uh, getting booked on on Cobra Kai. And I'm like, 
this is kind of cool. I, I want to come back. And so while we were there, um, they filmed the scenes for two days. And then they were like, okay, we'll let you know if we need you again. And so the script supervisor, she came out and she was like, all right, there's 30 people here. I need 15 of you guys to stay. We've already picked, gone ahead and picked which ones we want to stay. And so she counted up who was staying. And I was like, please be me, please be me. <laughs> she picked me like third. And I was like, all right, cool. And then ended up coming in, coming in, coming in. And yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty nerve wracking. It was kind of a, I think this, the scariest one month, two month period of my life. Cause you just didn't know whether or not you're going to come back. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, you know, you've been on, you were, you've been on, you've been there since the beginning, obviously you've been season one, season two through, you know, it going to Netflix, you know, season three and four, and now they just finished season five. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So they must like it. <laughs> must. <laughs> so what did you expect it to be this, you know, I mean, it started off, it was on YouTube, right? So, and it kind of it built in popularity and it, it moved to Netflix and then it was, you know, number one show, you know, for season three and season four on Netflix for a decent amount of time. Did you think it was going to blow up and be this thing? Absolutely. You did? You, you knew that you were part of something good. Yeah. It was the first season, you just didn't know what was going on. Uh, it was just like a small, tight-knit, like, sort of family. Season two, you're like, okay, you know, We've built, we've built on the back of season one. We also have, you know, the Karate Kid movies that we hadn't, I hadn't been a part of, but like, you know, you're, it's, it's a reboot. So you're building on top of that. So that was kind of cool. And then the shift to Netflix kind of brought it to a wider audience. You're just like, all right, this is really something special. I gotta, I gotta hold on to this if, if I can. You know, you don't really have a choice. You never know if the story is going to need, take you out of it for some specific reason. Um, Cause I mean, it's been through, it's, it's up and downs, you know, with uh, uh, I think season one, we Cobra Kai's were only at the tournament. Season two was all about Cobra Kai. Season three, not so much. Season four. Yeah, sure. It was, it was a lot. So you were in there a, a bit and then out and then in for a lot and then out. So waves. So what, what is it like on set? What's the atmosphere? you could describe it uh it's changed a lot lately just because of covid mm-hmm. okay pre pre-covid it was i guess like any other job uh atmosphere wise you know you get the hustle and bustle sure of being on a on a film set because before they start rolling they'll initiate a bell and you'll hear a bell and you're like all right cool i'm on like a film set and they'll ring it twice to say that like they're, they're stopping. And so it's, that's kind of cool um, as far as like a film set goes, but like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, really, I don't really know what you mean by uh, atmosphere. Like, I know it's a weird word. Um, I guess, I guess more, more like when, I mean, you, you know, it's a, do you, you enjoy being on set? You enjoy, you enjoy interacting with everybody there. You enjoy, you know, you, you feel like you feel like you're part of a family, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. If, that, if that's the definition of atmosphere, then 
that's for sure. I don't know what I, what I feel like, you know, you show up and, you know, you go in a, I guess like a layout, like a normal day. And this is, I guess, post COVID because I can't really remember anything before 2020. Can mm-hmm. you? Not really. <laughs> yeah. So now, I mean, with, with COVID we go in and, um, we would go in on a Sunday and you go in and you, you go and you, you COVID test so that you can work for Monday. So you come back in on Monday and uh, you make sure you show up at least like 30 minutes early before you're supposed to be there mm-hmm. because they provide breakfast. So you head over to the catering tent and go grab breakfast. You make sure that you have some sort of nourishment to keep you going for the beginning part of the day. So otherwise you're not going to feel too good. And you're going to be, uh, you know, sitting around, waiting around for the crafty ladies to show up with coffee mm-hmm. and get back into your normal, like, hyper-driven self. Mm-hmm. So, usually wait, you know, go get breakfast and you make sure you get to set, like, maybe 10 minutes prior. Um, so, th- this is as sort of like a, like a, as a stand-in because as, on, as stand-in, we are full-time. So, we would show up every single day. And we try to be there uh, earlier than we need to be uh, because the last thing you want is somebody on set yelling for you to show up because you're not where you're supposed to be at the right time. So it's sort of like a self-governance. Mm-hmm. And so 7 a.m. we show up. Um, that's sort of like the actors. It was it was normally like 7 a.m. So 6.30 show up for breakfast, 7 a.m. you show up on set. Um, the actors show up on set, the uh, directors, uh, and the executive producers sort of lay out how they want the shot to go. And that's private. You know, you're not there for that. And then they'll run it a couple times. And then, um, sorry, Blint. Um, you'll run it a couple times. And then they'll ask for everybody else to come in and watch it. Watch how it plays through once. And then that's how it's decided that they want it to be. Mm-hmm. So you have to sort of, if, if your character has a lot of actions, you have to memorize or not yeah, memorize like where he's going at what steps. And if he picks up an object, you have to remember that he picked up the object. That's as far as like, like a stand-in job is. Um, and so like if uh, we were in say Billy's apartment and he walked over and he picked like up an object or he closed the door with a certain hand and I forgot which hand that he closed the door with or picked it up with a different thing. So I'd be like, didn't he cl- pick it up with the other hand? Because the ca- with the camera shot, they want to make sure that they're getting all the um, prominent shots in, in their movement. So that's what happens sort of like um, they'll run it and then stand-ins will come in for the lighting and they'll bring in lights and then they'll bring in different flags and stuff to create uh, the right shadows and eventually bring the actors back in so that they can, um, you know, knock out these shots in one go. Mm -hmm. It just makes it a lot easier for them. So then once we do that, it's like a, maybe a third, the first shot of the day is like an hour long process just to get all the lights set up. Mm -hmm. They get all the stuff set up for their like master shot. Then we're dismissed. They bring in the actors, they bring in the first team then they'll uh, rehearse maybe like two times and then they'll go for it and shoot. Usually they do like three or four takes 
And after that, they're like, all right, moving on to like, then they'll um, do personal coverage, depending on what angle they're looking at. They'll try and keep the cameras in the same place to reuse the lighting. And then when it doesn't work, they'll change up the shot. Then they'll have to change up the lighting. We repeat the process and keep doing that until you get to lunch. Then we'll go to lunch for anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour and then go back and do the exact same thing until we get to the cutoff point at the end of the day. Pre-COVID, I think we would work like until all the shots were done. But now that we have COVID, they try and like limit the number of hours that we're like on set to make okay. sure we're getting enough rest for like health purposes, I think. Um, so if we don't finish a shot for the day, then we pick it up on another day. I mean, those are long days. I mean, just for what you described, <laughs> long days, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty long. It's, um, I think we usually work 12 hours a day. Yeah, that's tough. And, you know, if you're full-time, you're working five days a week, so mm -hmm. 60 hours a week, and that's not, you know, driving or, you know, making sure you show up earlier. I don't know. If you're staying late, make sure you clean up after yourself. You know, I don't know. Gets to be and, a lot. And it's typically, how many weeks of shooting, typically? Um, I want to say, I want to say 12. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I, I want to say 12, but it could be 10. It could be 14. It depends on the season and how much they want to shoot or how quick they want to go through. Um, I think, right. I think at least for, uh, this recent season, we shot an episode in six to seven days. Uh, but then as, as time went on, we kind of took a lot longer to try and pick up other shots. <laughs> Not exactly sure. It's been a, it's been a long off season. <laughs> we, we, we stopped filming at five in December, so. It's okay. been a couple months. Well, you, well, thank you for thank you for giving us a little more perspective from your end. It, it's very much appreciated. Now, are there any any stories, any funny funny things that happened, any interesting things, stories that you can you know you want to share? Um, I know there's a scene that comes to mind in season two where. All right, I'll, I'll preface this for, I guess, the listeners. I, I'm not only a stand-in, but I also play Dieter uh, in the backgrounds of the Cobra Kai Dojo. So we're in the Cobra Kai Dojo season two, and there's a scene where Ralph Macchio walks in uh, talking to, I think, Crease about... Oh man, I haven't I haven't seen the show in a while. Uh, he he walks in, he's talking to Chris either about poach, don't poach my students or don't disrespect my dojo or something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, I think this is before he he starts um, he starts. I'm I'm horrible at vocabulary today. Worry <laughs> uh, about. Yeah, we we got plenty of time on, on a podcast. Yeah, I, let me just think about it. But um, uh, this is before he starts, I guess, advertising Miyagi Dojo as being open. So he okay. like walks in and he's talking to Chris. And he says blah 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 uh, or to Johnny, 
I don't know, whoever was in there at the time. Johnny might have been away. He's like, all right, the gates of Miyagi-Do are now open. Right after he said that, he farted. <laughs> and everybody in there all bust out laughing because it just, the gates of Miyagi-Do are wide open. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Stifle laughter and then they yelled cut and then everybody started bust out laughing. And <laughs> keeping that take. And I haven't heard that story mentioned uh, at all. I don't know if it's because people don't like talking about farts. Farts are funny, man. I, I, I think they're hilarious. You know, what I think is funny is what an eight-year-old boy thinks is funny. Just <laughs> that's great. Thank you for that. That was I'm trying to I'm trying to get the mental image, you know, because it's all so intense and then just it's <laughs> that's great. But um yeah, I, I you know I, I'm you know you know I'm a fan of the show and just the way that they've managed to keep keep it interesting to keep you know it hasn't got I feel like they've been able to explore new storylines and relationships through season to season. And I, yeah, I'm really excited, you know, just to see where it's gone. I think for me, every season's just got better and better. And, you know, it's a great show. And I'm sure you're, you're proud to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very, I am grateful to be a part of it. Cause I mean, like there's could be timelines where I'm not a part of it. And, mm-hmm. Or I wouldn't even know. What if I hadn't even seen the Karate Kid prior to you know working on it? I'd be like, oh, it's some stupid karate show. You know, it's not worth the effort. Because at the time, I, I had been like sort of only doing background work without stand-in work. I just the, the, the year prior, I had done my first full-time movie uh, standing in, and that was the uh, the failed Diary of a Wimpy Kid movie. That failed, but you know it bombed. Everybody on Twitter was like, hashtag not my Roderick. This guy looks like Lord Farquaad mixed with Ale Johnny Depp. I'm like, all right, <laughs> over well, but I worked on it, you know. That was your first move. That that, that I stood in on. Like, you stood in on. And you stood in for Roderick, right? And I stood in for Roderick, dyed my hair black. Uh that was very interesting. I remember after dyeing my hair black, because I'd never dyed my hair before i was i took shower was like my hair's falling out because i just you know as a, as a blonde person you don't notice that your hair's falling out naturally like oh. just you know you run your hand through your hair and you're like oh i can't tell but you run your hand through your hair and you got dark hair and you're like am i going am i balding oh my gosh <laughs> so um yeah but that was that was interesting um so that, that was my first time like standing in so i wasn't really looking for standing work i was you were you were looking for like background work because as as background you're not really getting steady work it's very it's rare that you get like a a core background part you're not going to get like some sort of like steady work um because you know at at the time i think background was making maybe 64 dollars for eight hours of work if you're doing overtime you get time and a half so that's the interesting thing about like the about film is normally, I guess, in, a, in a, like a salary job or a, a, like a wage job, you have to work 40 hours in a week before you get overtime. Um, but when you're working in film, you get overtime uh, every day. So you just have to hit eight hours, like, you know, 40 hours in a week, five days a week, 40 divided by five, you get eight hours, right? 
So you just have to get eight hours in a day and you start making overtime. So it's, it's a little bit different than, um, you know, your 40 hour work week. So you're just trying to find something that either worked really long so you can maximize your hours of overtime or find something that was really steady because it was hard to find um, enough gigs on certain days to balance each other out. Like if you were working somewhere on Monday and then you could also work somewhere else, say Monday, Wednesday, Friday, obviously you're going to pick the Monday, Wednesday, Friday job. But if something else is working, say Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and you have a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you're like, not sure which one you want to pick. So you try and balance and put days in between each other. Now with COVID, that's hard because you have to also arrange a COVID test. Okay. Pick and choose what you want to work on. But like uh, when, in 2019, I was doing a lot of like stand and work. So I was working on, um, I would go one day and stand in on Ozark and another day and go stand in on say Cobra Kai and another day and go stand in on like Stargirl. And I've been working on like, you know, the, the Conjuring 3 movie. Okay. So you're like trying to balance all of these different places that you have to go. It was, it was, it was kind of cool. But anyways, I'm going on way too many tangents. I'm going to go back to, you know, like I said, you talk about whatever you want. This is your time. Okay. Well, I, I sometimes go on tangents that have tangents that have tangents. I, you know, I don't know if you listen to this. I'm a freaking mess. Okay. So don't, don't worry about it. You, right. you, you do it much better than me. <laughs> we're, we're both messes. It's fine. It's, um, it's all fine. So do you, do you see yourself continuing in the industry? I want to. But there is the uh, there there's there is a roadblock currently. Um, so last year, um, you could pretty much work anywhere. Um, but re recently, an industry standard has been making sure that you're vaccinated and you have the booster shot. I'm vaccinated uh, because. I thought that I needed to be vaccinated for Cobra Kai last year. And turns out you didn't need to be. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't know. I, like, I, I find it weird talking about, I guess, the vaccine because of like, say there's like certain health reasons and people don't know that you have certain, you know, health stuff. And uh, I'm just like real iffy about like medical stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, Growing up, I would like sometimes pass out at the sight of blood. So it just made like things really tough. Like if I was doing say background or working on some, I, I avoided the resident at all costs. I'm not working on a medical show because I don't know what's going to happen. And if there's like a medical scene, I'm avoiding that because I don't know what's going to happen. I know it's fake, but something in my mind that like once I think about, oh, it could be real. And I started thinking about the real thing. Don't want to go there. So uh, there's like an iffy thing. I'm like, okay, should I go get the booster? But, you know, then it could be like, we've been seeing like a lot of, you know, I guess pro athletes sort of just like dropping dead randomly just because their heart rate has gotten maybe too high or maybe they're, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to jump into the whole science of it all, but. No, that's okay. Uh, like I said, whatever you mean. But because. Netflix is requiring these uh, okay. needing the vac vaccination and the booster. 
and I have a vaccination, I'm just not sure about getting the booster. Mm -hmm. And if I don't get the booster, then I can't work on any more sets. Okay. So whether or not I think I have a future, at least in film, maybe I make my own short films. I don't know, but it's, it's kind of limiting to be, uh, I guess, working in the industry where it's required for you to do this. I, I want to be protected. Right. But at the same point in time, I'm like, I've got the vaccination. I don't know about getting the booster. I really don't want to get the needles. I don't want to have to d deal with that again. Um, but maybe, you know what, I'll just nut up and shut up at some point. In time. <laughs> I know firing it. I've, I've been seeing background posts from, you know, Outer Banks is filming in South Carolina. Right. Yeah, Charleston. Yeah, why aren't you working on it? You should be working on it. Say they're looking for uh, uh, kooks. kooks. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, yeah, might be something, might be something good. I don't know when they're, I don't know when they film, but I have, it has crossed my mind. Don't worry. For <laughs> vaccinated and boosted because they're, that's what they're requiring, but they're working, um, the, the casting for that is, I don't know, let me, I'm, I'm going to scroll through here and see if I can find it, but um, yeah, I'm not entirely, I don't know, if I find it, I'll let you know. Well, I'll, yeah, I can look it up. Don't, don't feel pressure to help me out. You, you do your own thing, man. But, um, but would you, so would you see yourself going into the creative side of things as, as opposed to strictly acting? Do you have an interest in that? Yeah, I, I think I do. I just, it's been unexplored. Mm -hmm. um, in high school, I wasn't, I didn't do any sort of acting. In college, I didn't really do any sort of acting. It was the fact that it was available as a job. Mm -hmm. uh, when I failed out of college, I didn't have any, like, I didn't have any um, co-op or internship experience. I didn't have any job experience. Um, cause when I was younger, anywhere I had applied, they just, I don't know, the, it, it, there was a disconnect, I guess. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really work too much anyways. Um, when I, when I failed out of, out of uh, tech, uh, you know, you're like, oh, frick, mm. what am I supposed to do with my life? You know, you're like, do I go back? And so I did go end up going back for a semester, but at that point in time, I was like, how am I supposed to pay for this? This is expensive. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's hard making, trying to get back to the, the, the position where you're able to go back to school. Um, and so I was looking around and needing a job and background work. You don't need any experience. You literally just, if it's like, if it's more uh, intensive, like maybe you're an actor's boyfriend or actor's girlfriend, there's a little, there's some acting involved. But if you're just like on in the background of like the Spider-Man movies, walking the streets while they're driving past, there's nothing involved. You just stand there, you walk, you're doing like minimal work. Mm -hmm. So I think my, I started doing like background work initially, one, because you didn't need experience and two, I could be lazy, get paid, and eat food. Sounds great. Not a bad gig. Not a bad gig at all. But then as time went on, I got bored and I just wanted more responsibility. So I started taking it more seriously and actually going and taking 
I took an act, a Meissner acting class for six months, which happened during COVID. So it ended up being 10 months. Um, I tried to balance out how to, you know, make the best out of that situation and get the most, I guess, teaching out of it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't remember what the question was, but uh, that, that just my, my, I'm looking for my love for acting, I guess. Uh, I could see myself on the creative side because I just watched the uh, the new Batman movie and I, I love it. It's like, uh, yeah, I, I watched it on uh, HBO Max. It was streaming. So oh, I was, it's still streaming? I have, yeah, I didn't make it to the theater, but I have Max. Yeah, you should watch it if you haven't seen it. Okay, I'll watch it. I watched it. Uh, so it's last night. It's a three-hour movie. So it's it's pretty intensive, but... Uh, it's, it's, it's beautifully filmed. Mm-hmm. The acting is pretty great too. I, I know I looked it up and it had like a 8.2% or not 8.2%, 8.2 out of 10 rating. Oh, okay, that's good. And, um, but I like the way that it was filmed, how it's, it's mostly shot in the dark. Makes sense, Batman. Um, but there, were, there was a lot of, you know, fancy camera work. Not, not, I don't know. I, it's weird. It's weird talking about fancy, but like, because I don't know exactly. I know, I know what I like, but I can't talk about what I like because I don't know the exact descriptors because I never learned. Right. Well, you know, it's, you know, it's a feeling, obviously. If something catches your eye, you, don't necessarily, you know, it catches your eye. It doesn't, you don't necessarily have to know all the bits and pieces, but yeah, that's so interesting. Um, there's that other movie coming out, uh, Ambulance. And the director, I, I don't know what that movie's about, but I know that the director hired a um, a drone first person view. So they, I think that's I think that's what FPV means. But they hired a drone FPV guy. He's nineteen. To you know, he stands there. He's got the uh, the goggles on. He can see what the drone sees, and he flies around and gets just some insane shots up close that camera guys normally wouldn't be able to get because they don't have such a small nimble camera flying around. Mm-hmm. I really want to see that movie. It might already be out. I don't know. I just <laughs> hearing some stuff about it lately and I was like, whoa, drone shots. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, so he cool. turns and, you know, flying into an explosion. You can't send a, ca- a like hundred thousand dollar camera into an explosion like that, but you can send mm-hmm. a drone for sure. Right, and that's how they filmed. Did you see the footage of that volcano erupting? And I think it was Iceland or something. They put a drone like in the crater as it was erupting. Or no, I didn't see that. You should check that out. I got a good movie chance. Uh, yeah, it's cool. I'll, if I find it, I'll send it to you. But now you're you're a big survival fan, like myself. And that's that's actually how we met, right? Yeah, through the survivor orgs. I, I did yeah. a I did an org with Patrick. I don't even know if Patrick's his real name, but his name online is Patrick. Mm-hmm. Hi, Patrick. Yeah, Patrick. Patrick. Um, yeah. So an org for people who don't know, it's like it's like you're playing Survivor but online, basically. And I I do it. It's a it's one of my more nerdy habits that I do, but I enjoy it. It's fun. And so I was I also host my own. So I run my own online Survivors, and I was doing a Cobra Kai theme season. And Patrick, a mutual friend of ours, introduced me to Craig, and that's how we got that's how we got to get you know got acquainted and. I asked him, I probably annoyed the crap out of him with about 8,000 questions about Cobra Kai and all sorts of stuff. But he was a good sport. 
he answered my questions and we kept in touch. He's a great guy. And, you know, we both love Survivor, so. It's easier to answer questions via text online than it is to talk about it on a podcast when you can't get your thoughts straight. <laughs> You're doing a good job. Don't worry. Don't worry at all. This is, uh, Craig, this is not anything. There's no professionalism here. I'm a mess. Don't worry about it. Just speak from the heart. That's all I ask. Oh, um, Just if I had the potential, like if, if you asked me a question and like really asked me to think about it, there would be like, five six minutes of silence right here that's that's so you can edit in post you can just cut it out but yeah exactly <laughs> um so what do you think about this season of survivor you enjoying it uh, it took it it's taking a while to get into it but i think that's how it was with the last season just because um you know they're doing shorter a shorter time frame was 24 days 25 days Mm -hmm. as opposed to 40 something so it's it, i mean but i mean they also have 18 uh they, they started out with 18 tribe members mm -hmm. right for last season and this season so it kind of reminds me of uh that work that i did play because we had three tribes of seven people to start out with one person in each tribe was actually afk so they got voted out early. So we started out essentially with 18 people, three tribes of six. Mm -hmm. So sort of the same, sort of, you know, the same thing. I noticed that there's not a lot of like brawn in, in this season besides, you know, yeah. challenge beast Jonathan, who actually isn't a challenge beast because he uh, doesn't know how to balance. Sorry, Jonathan, if you're listening, I don't think <laughs> you I don't think he would be listening. No would be listening but um you don't think he's a challenge beast no he is a challenge beast you know he's single-handedly completes everything but i mean just with the the balancing you know yeah and then when you get to the individual part of the game a lot of it is that kind of thing that endurance that balance and that kind of thing so he might be in trouble but people seem to be worried about him just because of how physical he is um i think yeah. it's you know i think a lot of people were talking about the twist and you know probes is always looking for something to get people talking about. Do you have any opinion on that? No, just always trying to make, like you, you have to try something and fail it in order mm -hmm. to figure out whether it's good or not. So uh, no, I, I applaud what he's doing, mm -hmm. but please never use the hourglass ever again. <laughs> change the game. Yeah, no crap. You can just flip a coin and change the game if you want to. Don't give them like three days to think out of a decision. <laughs> um, would you ever consider going on Survivor? Um, I'd be interested. Uh, I don't think myself a strong swimmer, so that's my weak point. But I know I'm pretty good with the, uh, the challenges, with the puzzles. Mm -hmm. um, I know uh, they have, what is it called? Uh, the survivor, the dream team, that's the survivor stunt team that has mm -hmm. all the, the challenge courses. That right, right. You can just be on, on the dream team mm -hmm. to test out the, the courses. And, you know, those are the feet that you're seeing in the previews for the challenge. So, you know, they are seen at some point in time. And I do have some sort of background in film. So I know how it goes. Yeah, that would be so bad. You get to live out of Fiji for mm -hmm. 
couple months. <laughs> not a not a not a bad gig there. Doing the running the challenges for the for the producers that would be. I didn't even think about that. That'd be fun. It's <laughs> another avenue you could do. You don't even have to worry about this whole strategy part or voting people out or starving on rice. You could be sitting in a, a video village, looking at okay, yeah. Okay, we, we tried this and we're gonna try that and hey maybe let's film this from this angle or uh, that's not even being on the stunt team but I mean, you know just being on stunts and just you know, you run the run the course you go back and you have steak and lobster, yeah, full Fijian cafe yeah. or something. Not, not bad, not bad. So you you have you have some other interests and hobbies. What you want to talk about those? You, you like to do a lot of rock climbing, right? Yeah. Um, I, I used to do a lot of rock climbing. I haven't done any this year, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, just uh, had a, a thing last year where uh, I was working on Cobra Kai on, on season five. And there there's a bit towards the end of like, normally like the Dieter character, he shows up for all like the Cobra Kai scenes and whatnot. And there was a Cobra Kai scene that I was standing in on there that um, I ended up injuring myself slightly. It's not, not anything big. It was very, um, I, was, I was standing in for Terry Silver, who's four inches taller than me. And to compensate for that height, um, I would try and use either shoeless or I would stand on an apple box. And then an apple box in a film is a box that's, I guess, four inches tall or somewhere around that four by, I don't know, we call it an apple box because it used to hold apples, I guess, back in the day, back in like the 1920s, 1910s, or I don't know when the term was coined. I don't, I don't know. But back in the day, that was the Apple, Apple box. And um, they, they have different uh, measurements of the box. They have the half, half apple, they have a quarter apple, and then they have wedges. And that's sort of, it's, it's uh, grip equipment that the grips use to level out um, the terrain when you're trying to get like a steady camera shot on maybe like a, an area that's hilled or that's an area that's rocky. So they'll put in these different wedges and these different heights of apple boxes to try and make as flat of an area for the track to lay on mm-hmm. okay. for the camera to do those, like, you know, to, to pass by an area with someone sitting on, it's, it's called a dolly for mm-hmm. someone to sit on the, on the camera dolly and shoot whatever's, in range, so they use all the different apple boxes. Anyways, um, another use for an apple box is to make yourself taller. So I have this apple box and I really didn't want to bother the grips with borrowing apple box every day. So I ordered one myself off of Amazon. Yeah, you can order apple boxes off of Amazon. Kind of cool, probably expensive, whatever. But I, I want to get my own so I could decorate it with stickers and whatnot and sort of customize and be like, oh, Cobra Kai this, Cobra Kai that, and cool. So um, funny thing there was we were just getting towards, you know, Christmas time and the camera guys would be like, they'd see me walking up with my box and be like, silver box. 
box. Silver box. Are those my silver box for Terry Silver? Right. Like silver bells, you know, right? So you got a pretty good voice there. Oh, yeah, no, I'm the, I'll, I'll leave the singing to you. <laughs> uh, but but uh, so I had this like this box and uh, I was wearing the, the karate shoes that we usually wear. It's like the flimsiest, flimsiest cloth ever. And instead of like moving the box to another area where like silver was standing, I kicked it. Uh, and since my box was shiny and new, it was very sharp. And I like uh, the corner hit like the cuticle on my toe. And instantly in my head, I know I'm bleeding. And then I'm like, oh, 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 all right, calm, calm down, calm down, calm down. I couldn't calm down. I passed out on set right there. Oh, no. I got taken. They, they called like, uh, you know, emergency service or they called a, I guess, a, uh, an ambulance to come over. I got carried out on a stretcher. Everybody was like waving at me. They're like, yay. All right. He's, he's awake. He's alive. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is the most embarrassing moment of my life. Right. Being carried off on a stretcher you know, all my friends and co-workers and ended up going to the hospital. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, not, it's like routine for me. It's like just some part of my own medical condition. And that's why I sort of lax to get the booster. Right. I really don't want to push any of that, make it worse if that's a possible thing. Mm -hmm. It is or not. But anyways, um, ended up going to the hospital and I was out for a whole week of, uh, of, of filming and why did I touch on this what was your question I don't even remember rock climbing oh rock climbing yeah so uh so is that why you haven't been doing it because of this I haven't I have been rock climbing since because I've just been feeling like sort of iffy about uh myself in public places just in case like what if I'm going out on an ambulance somewhere and I don't want to go. And it's all because I, you know, maybe cut myself rock climbing and nobody else was there climbing with me. So I I'd steadily been going less and less unless somebody had been going with me. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, sort of like a, like a, a, a buddy or a um, accountability partner. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Just haven't found people that want to go. So. Unfortunately, well, I would go, but I'm, you know, I'm not, it's kind of a drive for me, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, uh, I used to go a lot because I live close enough to it. Now it's, I think it's a 25 minute drive for me to go anyway. So it's sort of, I'm like, uh, it's fun when I'm able to, like there was a, a rock climbing place down the street from the Cobra Kai stages. So I was able to go after work whenever I wanted to, but I, I, you know, I haven't been down there to work in a while and haven't been. So while I have been rock climbing, it's, it's great. It's, it's, it's great activity. It's a great workout. You know, it's, it covers your, your upper body when you're lifting yourself up and your lower body, because in order to lift yourself up, you also need to push yourself up with your legs. Mm -hmm. If you're not pushing yourself up with your legs, you're really wasting half your potential. And you, you also, you're also into the, the crypto thing, right? NFT, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I like a, a variety of cryptocurrencies and NFTs. Actually, um, 
I started investing in 2017. And that's actually how my first, I think my first conversation with um, uh, Sholo Meridueña and Jacob Bertrand came to be. It was season one of Cobra Kai. Uh, we were in the dojo. And I think it was somewhere maybe around Thanksgiving or, uh, or yes, or, or early December, late November. I remember there was this like stack of pads in the corner of the dojo. Um, we never used those pads ever. But it was a stack of pads in the corner of the dojo, and um, I wasn't I wasn't standing in at the time. They had other stand-ins that did season one. I didn't fully do anything until say season two when I did crease, and then season three I started doing more full time. So, anyways, but season one, I remember we had some downtime in the dojo, and I out of the corner of my ear, I hear. I think they were looking at maybe Snapchat. They were like. Oh, dude, no way. Bitcoin's at like $10,000. And then, you know, they're, they're talking to each other. And I'm like, I, I know a lot about this topic. So I go over there and I just start chatting with them about it. And that's encouraged more chatting, more chatting. So, you know, it, it, all it takes is one conversation to start talking with somebody and you find your own common interests and whatnot. Speaking of climbing, though, you know, uh, Jacob and I were climbing. Uh, a couple times together and I've climbed a couple times with Sholo too. Um, Jacob really likes it. So he's sort of gotten everybody in the crew to start rock climbing themselves. Um, uh, I'm going to interject with a random sort of funny story, but not funny story. How you take it. So um, season two, I noticed that Jacob had this, he'd like to rock climb and I had been rock climbing with Aiden Minx, who plays Mitch. Um, we, we had gone rock climbing because he had done some, um, I think he worked at, he, he liked to go to the gym in LA, uh, like nine rounds, like uh, one of those cross- oh, boxing thing, yeah. Boxing, yeah. So he liked going to, to nine rounds. And I was like, well, I'm going to rock climbing. It's um, down the street from the hotel where you guys are, they're housing you for the season would you want to go? And he's like, yeah. So we ended up going a couple times. It was pretty fun. And so one of the times we were going to go, he's like, oh yeah, Jacob wants to come. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. And so uh, I go and I go to grab him from his hotel room, um, which is on like the second floor of, uh, oh man, what was the hotel? Uh, I can't remember the hotel. Anyways, I went to go pick him up on this on the, on uh, go to go to his room he's playing assassin's creed odyssey on his ps4 i think so he was he was, he was really gaming on uh, assassin's creed odyssey he really liked it um and I, I, we, we grab aiden and we're waiting for jacob and jacob is he, he normally shows up like late like oh. he's a he's a if, if I'm, I think my, of myself as being a late person, he makes me feel early. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. And Jacob, for people who don't know, he plays Hawk on uh, Eli slash Hawk on Cobra Kai. Right. So season one, he had he was Blue Hawk. Mm-hmm. Yes. Blue, season two, he was became uh, Red Hawk about halfway through. Mm-hmm. He sort of had like a change about himself where 
instead of like Blue Hawk, I see he's like a hero, and Red Hawk, you kind of see him as like a, a, a villain. That is a little villainous there. Yeah, yeah. For a minute. Yeah, he's pretty crazy there. Um, <laughs> so we're at this, I'm at this hotel. Uh, I go get Aiden, and he's like, oh, Jacob's here. So we go out and we finally go and get Jacob. And I, I'm, there's a, it's like a, a big open circle, um, sort of balcony on the second floor. And you look down, you can see the first floor lobby. So I look out over the lobby and I'm like looking for, you know, his blue head. And I, I don't see his blue head. <laughs> I literally don't see it. And then we take the elevator down and we're walking out and Jacob looks up and he's like, oh, hi guys. And I look at him and I'm like, holy crap, because his hair wasn't blue. His hair was red. This was before we had filmed any of the Red Hawk scenes. Oh, okay. And his hair died. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, all right, you know, cool, whatever. So, but he, he had had a hat, so he puts on his hat. Sometimes he doesn't like wearing his hat. So we go out and we, we go climbing. And uh, after we're done climbing, we go and get, um, it, it was my first time, I think, riding like uh, one of those electric scooters, but I didn't have the app on my phone. And so they went and grabbed two scooters and they just took off. And I'm like walking behind them, like, okay, thanks guys. Let me catch up. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't know. It was just a fun time. We, we, we took, uh, I took some videos of like us climbing um, and not thinking about it. I put it on my story um, on Instagram. It was up there for about an hour. Uh, this was around, Halloween, because that was my saving grace, was Halloween. So I put these things up. Um, Jacob, everything was fine. Everything was normal. But then later that day, Jacob followed me on Instagram. Because Jacob followed me on Instagram, suddenly his fans really wanted to know why Jacob was following me. So they looked at my page. They went and looked at my story. They saw he had red hair. Red hair. Who? What? Oh my gosh, he changed his hair. He changed his hair. His hair's red. And like I get tagged in something. So and so said his hair is red. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, oh my God, I'm gonna get fired. Uh, I'm oh. getting fired because of this. And so I quick I go like delete it and all that, all this junk. And I'm just like praying, like, oh my gosh, I hope nobody sees this. Hope nobody sees this. And thank God, not that there was only like uh, four videos, I think, created or like screenshots of like Jacob has red hair. And it was all like fan accounts and nobody paid attention because it was Halloween and people started posting their uh, Halloween costumes of Cobra Kai and hashtagging Cobra Kai and it just <laughs> disappeared. And I was like, oh, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Because I mean, even stuff like that, anything that fans can latch on to, it's so secretive. I mean, even if that would just be. Just the yeah. fact that his hair is different, that way that could get you in trouble, huh? That's crazy. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm losing my job. <laughs> <laughs> what a thing to lose your job over, but thank God nothing happened, right? Yeah, thank God nothing happened. Thank God we didn't go to Netflix until the next year. YouTube was kind of lax. They were like, uh, his hair's up. We don't care. It's good. No, I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know if anybody ever got wind of any, any of this. This is the first time I'm speaking out about it. <laughs> did Jacob did Jacob figure it out that you that you would share that? Oh yeah, because I, I tagged him in it. 
That's yeah. what. Oh yeah, I guess so. No and so uh, I, I remember I got this and, I, and like I sent a group chat to, uh, to Aiden and Jacob and I'm like, uh, guys, I, I accidentally leaked your hair and Aiden had, had had a story up too. And he quick deleted his because it had Jacob's red hair in it. Hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just, I just leaked. You have red hair. Oh my God, I'm going to get, I'm gonna get uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. So um, that it, it's funny looking back at it but at the time i was scared shitless it, it wasn't funny at the time <laughs> yeah well craig you know you yeah i appreciate your time you, you get i i expect i don't know i, I figured I, I don't know how do i want to say this. You, you given me you you gave me a lot of time and attention i appreciate that for this interview it's really really been enjoyable i've enjoyed it you know just learning more about you this is the first time, by the way, I've actually met you face to face. So it's it's good to meet you, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I appreciate everything you've everything you've talked about, everything that you said, your your feelings, all of that stuff. You've you've been a great guest. Is there anything you'd like to say? Anything you want to talk about before we go? Uh, my my closing thoughts. Yes, by all means. Dear dear Paramount, please put Survivor Australia back on your platform. Because my family was in the midst of watching season one. We got to episode 12 and it disappeared. We don't know what happens. We'd really like for it if you put it back on Paramount so I can continue watching Australian Survivor with my family. Yeah, they just think, you know, I mean, people were going crazy about it because they were like, this is so much better. I've heard so much about Australian Survivor, how people think it's better than the U.S., and I was going to start watching it. Thank God I didn't, because I wouldn't have got, I wouldn't have finished. They just yanked it without, without any warning. They just yanked it right off. Yeah, I saw. Uh, I watched the season before their All Stars because they had their All Stars like after their third season or fourth season. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was. It's so like you're like All Stars. There's only been four seasons. You're gonna. Everybody. Everybody's already gonna know everybody on the show because they're like, oh, you played the season before I did. Right. I don't know if it's really all-stars, but I mean, it's sort of like, eh, you know, I'll give it to them. Mm-hmm. And so I was like excited to show all-stars to my family after watching a couple of the seasons. We had watched uh, the most recent season, not the Sandra season, because Sandra was in this most, her, her and her daughter, and I haven't seen that one yet. Um, but the season before that, um, there's just this one character that left an impression on them. It was just, uh, he goes by, uh, George of Bankstown, he was a very hilarious character. Like everybody, like everybody and their grandma hated him. He was just like, because he persisted, like he was like, I don't know. He's the character that made the show for me. At least for that season. There's no spoilers in there at all. You know, he he might win, he might not, you know, I don't know. (laughs) It's okay, I don't know when I'll get a chance to watch it, so... (laughs) Hopefully they bring they bring it back because uh, it was more. I thought it was more uh, challenge based than whatever they have on Survivor now because I feel like it's more strategic over here, and that's why I felt like when I was I was, I was mentioning it before I felt it was more like an org mm-hmm. like, yeah. because org is you know you you play a simple game online or maybe not a simple game I don't know some sort of challenge yeah but when you get to the vote it's all about the vote mm-hmm. you don't know these people you might. I didn't even know video chat or not video. I didn't even know chatting or video chatting or whatever on discord 
in your orch was a thing until I got to like the final eight. Because I hadn't used it prior. I don't I didn't even know what um a couple of my like alliance guys looked like until like they're like, oh hey, you want to get on the voice chat? And I'm like, or a video chat? And I'm like, wait, wait, we're allowed to do this? <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't know any of the rules. It was my first time playing org. So you you played the one and that was it, you were done? Yeah, I played the one. I finished I finished in fourth, and that That's was the good. place because I didn't have to participate in the jury speeches. That's good, yeah. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so All I right. All right, Greg. Once again, thank you for coming on. It's good to meet you. You know, you, you've been a great guest. I really enjoyed talking to you. You know, getting to meet you face to face, all of that stuff. And uh, I think I'm going to close it out here. So uh, I'm going to stop recording, but, you know, it's good talking to you. I'll see. I'm going to stop and I'll talk to you a little bit after this. So thank you for coming on. Goodbye, and, people. Uh, bye, people. Is that what you said? Goodbye, people. <laughs> thank you, Craig.